Hey, we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 25th, 2008. And today we're going to be talking about the Vatican's recent announcement regarding extraterrestrials and discussing the question is that is the Catholic Church and the Vatican easing humanity toward what has been known as what they call alien disclosure. Many times you'll, be, you'll hear it referred to as just disclosure. And we're going to be explaining what that means as we go on. And we're going to be looking at what the Vatican is saying and what some of the New Agers are saying. We're going to be looking at some of the technology that is in place to make this happen. And this will tie in very much with many of the previous teachings we've done, but I have never done a particular teaching on this specific subject. And I got a lot of emails this week from people asking me about this thing with the Vatican. Now, since the Catholic Church is the largest pseudo-Christian cult on the planet, and most likely the vehicle under which the One World Church will come under, not to say that everybody's going to be Catholic, but the One World Religious System most likely will come under the mantle of the Catholic Church because it has probably the best infrastructure for doing this. Uh, this is a pretty noteworthy thing, considering the source. So I'm quoting from one article here. These are just uh, news reports. And it's entitled, Vatican Refuses to Rule Out Alien Life. This is from March 14th, or I'm sorry, May 14th, just uh, a couple weeks ago. The search for extraterrestrial life does not contradict belief in God, the Pope's chief astronomer said. Now, a lot of people don't understand that the Vatican actually has their own um, uh, deep space astronomical department where they study this stuff. So, this Pope's chief astronomer said, um, the search for extraterrestrial life does not contradict belief in God, adding that some aliens may even be innocent of the original sin. Oh, that's an interesting concept. And then we go further, and he says, Original sin, by which the Christian tradition occurred in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit of a particular tree, refers to the fallen state from which humans can be saved only by God's grace. Okay, I'm sorry, he didn't say that, but the article says that. And then it says, Asked about the difficult theological questions, this, uh, his last name is Funos, Jose Gabriel Funos of the he's referred to as the Vatican's mouthpiece of the Observatory Romano. Asked about the difficult theological question, Funes says, quote, if other intelligent beings exist, it's not certain that they need redemption. End of quote. They could, quote, have remained in full friendship with their creator, well, yeah, I would agree, the, the good angels, the two-thirds that did not fall with Satan, yeah, I would say they're in good relation with their creator, absolutely. But these other ones, the ones that we're, we're getting visited by, being abducted by, these types of things, the ones that never glorify God, the ones that always point to the New Age Antichrist, the ones that always say that we are their creations, their little science projects. And I'm, I'm saying that because when these people are having these encounters with these beings, and there's been millions of them, millions of encounters, the common message is never, ever are they pointing to Jesus Christ. Ever. They're, they're pointing to some New Age mystic. They're, they're telling them you're, you're going to be as gods, that, that you're highly evolved, that you're, you know, we're their little science project. They seeded the planet millions of years ago, and now they're going to come back and straighten everything out because we've made such a mess about it. This is also known as the ancient astronaut theory. But he says they could have remained in full friendship with their creator without committing the original sin, he said. If not, extraterrestrials... So if not, if they, if they hadn't maintained full friendship with the creator, if not, extra, extraterrestrials would benefit equally from the incarnation in which Jesus Christ, the Son of God, assumed earthlings' flesh, body, and soul, in order to redeem them, which Funes called a unique event that cannot be repeated. So, in other words, they he's making this theological leap to basically say that if they're not in full friendship 
with their creator, well then, the blood of Jesus Christ can cover an alien too, as well as it can us. But the Bible says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It does not say, I am the way, the truth, and life. No alien cometh unto the Father, or no Nephilim, or no fallen one cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus came to earth specifically to redeem mankind. Let's straighten that out right off the bat. And, and we could do a whole study on all the verses that verify that particular thing. He did not come to redeem devils. Okay? They, when the angels fell, that was it for them. That was it. They, their home, their abode, was in heaven. Okay? We didn't have that advantage right off the bat. Okay, being born on earth, we did, did not have that particularly distinct advantage as they had. And as a result, when they fell, that was it. That was it. There was no, there was no chance to go back and, and to redo this thing. So he's basically saying that, you know, he's, he's postulating here is what he's doing, this Funus guy. And then it says, in asking whether little green men might be guilty of original sin, we are obviously in the realm of, quote, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? One of my favorite questions. Just kidding. And then it says, but the theologian astronomers, theologian astronomers don't blink. Dr. Funus said he was sure that if aliens needed redemption, they, quote, in some way would have the chance to enjoy God's mercy. Well, that's nice. You know, you've just invented that. But then again, that's what the Catholic Church is very good at doing. In most cults, they just invent theology because it feels right to them. Because they think it has to be that way. Or they say it can't be so. But the Bible says God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And He is God, and He changeth not. So when man goes and says, I think, or that can't be, and it contradicts the Word of God, what is that? That's their heart. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, 26. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12 and 16, 25. So, that's why we always want to stick to the Word of God. King James Bible. Because to get away from that, we're going to start formulating opinions, and this is one of the main reasons people end up going to hell. Because their hearts deceive them. So if we go further, uh, this is another one of their astronomers named Con Solmangio. Was, he was more explicit. And evidently he said, there's no problem in getting the Son of God to every planet with the extraterrestrials. Because as Christians accept every Sunday during the Holy Eucharist, quote, Christ is truly physically present in a million places and sacrificed a million times at every, every day at every sacrifice of the Mass. End of quote. I found this quote, this last one, separately in another article, and I just wanted to include that in there. Do you realize how blasphemous that is? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he said, It is finished. He doesn't need to be continually sacrificed over and over and over again. But through the doctrine, the cultic, satanic doctrine, cultic, Catholic satanic doctrine of transubstantiation, they believe their priests can turn the wine and the wafer, the Eucharistic wafer in this case, into the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. Not figurative, not do this in remembrance of me, like the Bible says. No, no. It's the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. It's the real thing. Well, what does that mean? That means that Jesus Christ is then re-sacrificed on the cross every time they have a Mass. Evidently, that makes them feel more religious. Because, see, they have to continue... See, Jesus Christ, He didn't cover it once and for all. 
we have to keep reappropriating new, freshly created, the, a freshly created body and blood of Jesus Christ. They believe that through this doctrine of transubstantiation. It's insanity. Let me read that again. So he's tying this in with the extraterrestrials because he's saying that in getting the Son of God to every planet, it's no problem. Because in every planet, to re evidently to redeem the extraterrestrials. Because as Christians accept every Sunday during the Holy Eucharist, Christ is truly physically present in a million places. So in other words, he could be present in all these other planets to redeem them. And that's no big deal because it happens here all the time during the Catholic Mass. That's again the leap of logic that they're taking. Now, that's flat out blasphemy. The whole Eucharistic transubstantiation deal is blasphemy as it is. Now he's tying that in to now, well, the next logical leap is sure, you know. We can redeem the uh, ETs. You know, maybe they should start inviting the uh, the gray aliens and, and the Nephilim and these ones. Maybe they should start inviting them to the Catholic Masses. You know, they could come up there, have a little Eucharistic host, you know. Have a little wine. Why not? This next article... It's from the Chicago Tribune, and it's entitled, The Vatican OK's Belief in Extraterrestrial Life. Word that the Vatican had declared devout Catholics free to believe in aliens traveled at warp speed last week, around the globe and quite possibly to points unknown. See, this was a really big deal. Okay, for a lot of people this was a big deal. Earthbound theologians and astrophysicists debated it Online Jedi Council forums erupted in geeky chatter. Jedi forums, like, these are probably like Star Wars buffs. Okay? And many who have long debated to believe that life exists beyond our terrestrial confines felt some small measure of vindication. So in other words, now, a lot of the New Agers, and a lot of these people that are into the other alternative views of the universe, and of God, now they're actually saying, hey, maybe these Catholics aren't so bad after all. You know, they're saying that they're, they're you know, the guys at the UFO conventions and stuff like that, the ones that, that, that have no interest at all in Jesus Christ, even though Jesus Christ is their only hope, they can actually look at the Catholic Church now and say, hey, maybe those guys really are onto something, you know? I mean, they do have their own observatory. You know, they've, they're, they're coming out now saying that maybe these, these uh, aliens are space brethren. And, uh, well, maybe we can, uh, you know, listen to what they've got to say a little bit closer. And again, this all has to happen in order for the one world religion of Antichrist to take place. We've, the, the humanity... For the vast majority, not, and this is not including the small Christian remnant, but humanity for the vast majority all has to get on board. And this is part of that. And this is a big part of it. That's why I wanted to talk about this today. Um, this is from a guy named, he's the head of the National UFO Reporting Center in Washington State, Peter Davenport. He said, quote, if you're sitting in a room that's totally dark and you can't see anything, and the door is cracked just a millimeter to let a little light in, that can be extremely useful. Um, evidently, that is in reference to this announcement that the Vatican has just made, where they're basically coming out. Like, the thing is, is, is as though people have to have this type of announcement from some secular, cultic, satanic source in order to feel as though they're vindicated and validated. Give me a break. Why would you want to go to the devil to get verification of something? But that's basically what they're saying. Oh, now we're vindicated. Now we're, we're not kooks anymore. What made the statement significant, several experts say, is that the comments by the Reverend Jose Funes, director of the Vatican Observatory, were printed in the Vatican's own newspaper, Le Observatore Romano. That just flows off of the tongue. Sorry. Got a little Italian on you there. Anyway, the Reverend Christopher Corbali, Vice Director of the Vatican Observatory, 
said he's been bombarded with email from colleagues pondering whether God could have created more than one world and whether other beings could be granted redemption via a Christ-like Savior. Then he says, quote, It's a fun way to catch people's imagination, he said. How wonderful it would be to have other life beyond our beyond our own world because it would it would show how God's creation just flows out without a, without abandon. See, when you start going down these rabbit trails, the Bible becomes less and less valid. Because if you start going there in your head and start thinking, wow, yeah, there's all these other worlds and and uh, these aliens evidently populate them and, and some aliens are good and some are bad and some be, can be redeemed and some can't be. And you start going there in your heart, well, the Bible just becomes less and less valid. And that's exactly why this is happening. Then it goes. he goes on to say, any kind of literalist in Christianity would be barring these sorts of beliefs, said Thomas O'Brien, a professor of religious studies at DePaul University, he said, quote, If you were to go to some fundamental Christian churches, you'd hear some pastors say, Belief in UFOs is tantamount to a non-belief in Jesus Christ. Now, one of the reasons for this ministry is to show what the true agenda is of this whole, quote, UFO alien phenomenon. And that is the exact same thing that was going on in Noah's day, that the Bible, that Jesus Christ clearly predicted, as when he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. This is where we're at. We're, we're, we're on the cusp of the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, then we should be looking for things to be the same way they were in Noah's day. In Genesis 6, where the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, took them as wives as all that they had chose. Now, it's not as overt. At least it's not as overt yet as it was in Noah's day. But you know what? I bet it didn't start out in Noah's day being that overt either. It probably started out kind of low-key. Hey, guys, you know, they came and this. And then it got real overt toward the end. So overt that they had corrupted all of humanity, these sons of God, because it said that they had these offspring. called They called them the giants. The men of renown. The men of old. In the Bible, it talks to them uh, as being the Nephilim. Okay, the fallen ones. And these giants defiled humanity, they defiled the seed, and defiled the earth. God had to wipe the whole planet out as a result of it. It was that big of a deal. That was called Noah's Ark, the flood thing, you know. So, one of the goals of this ministry is to try to reconcile all of that. Because, unfortunately, this is not being taught in the churches. And... Because it's not being taught in the churches, the people are not being prepared for what's coming. The strong delusion that God warns about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and, and many other places in the New Testament, if it were possible, they should deceive the very life. It's not being warned about. It, for most part, in the churches. Now, I'm not saying that every church should, should major on this every single sermon, but we should have some type of comprehension of what's coming as well. So that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us, as the Bible warns about. So that's one of the things of this ministry, being more of a watchman ministry. To try to prepare people and equip people for what's coming. Because really, what this does is it confirms the Bible. But guaranteed, if you go to hear Benny Hinn or Smiley Joe... O Osteen or any of these other guys, these televangelists, they're not talking about this stuff. And when it happens, they're either going to have to crawl away with their tail between their legs, or they're going to have to come on board. Because they're going to be discredited by the fact that they never talked about it. And the people are going to be looking at them saying, what is this? Either they're going to offer them some new age explanation, or they're going to, you know, Retire, real quick, most likely. This next article is uh, from Raiders News Network, from Thomas Horn. He's a Christian, and uh, he's got an article entitled, Is the Vatican Easing Humanity Toward Alien Disclosure? And that just came out the 18th, just about a week ago. So, he says, uh, goes on to say here, Vatican astronomer Father Jose Funes, in a long interview with uh, the Vatican newspaper, what we mentioned, 
made news by saying there is certainly possibility of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe, and that such a notion does not contradict our faith. It doesn't contradict our faith if we look at it in a biblical way. They're not looking at this in a biblical way whatsoever. That's the big difference here. Okay? How can we rule out that life may have developed elsewhere? This is what he's saying. Just as we consider earthly creatures as a brother and a sister, why should we not talk about an extraterrestrial brother? Oh, wow. Arm in arm. Real hallmark moment here. I, I, I sense a group hug building. So then it says, it would, be, it would still be part of creation. Well, yeah, it's true. It would be part of creation. You know, the devil's our part, I guess, in a way of creation. I mean, God permitted it to happen. Doesn't mean they can be redeemed the same way we can. They're the fallen ones, okay? It's particularly the Nephilim. The hybrids. Fallen ones. They're fallen and they can't get up. Okay? They are fallen and, and that is it. A fallen angel cannot be redeemed. He had his chance. Now, they've got picture after picture in this article from Catholic sources going back hundreds of years ago to current of different UFOs in either Catholic pictures or uh, Catholic paintings. Okay, This first one I'm looking at here is uh, Indianapolis News Channel 8 released a video taken of St. Peter's Basilica in Vatican City showing what appeared to be an unidentified flying object moving across the upper left portion of the screen. The video taken from a network feed camera around 6 a.m. Roman time was filmed as Pope John Paul II lay in state. You know how he's dressed up in the clown suit they put him in when they buried him? Well, this is, an, this is a UFO evidently coming by to pay its respects to Pope John Paul II. Okay, it's a real famous picture. And then the next picture is from 1710. A Flemish artist, uh, Art de Gelder, there's a whole bunch of these pictures, tons. I couldn't believe how many there were. Uh, he painted this unusual depiction entitled The Baptism of Christ. It clearly shows a dish-shaped object hovering in the sky above Christ. Above Christ, huh? And emitting four beams down upon him and John the Baptist. The painting is currently on display at Fitzwilliam Museum in Cambridge. So this, I mean, this looks absolutely like a flying saucer. It's from 1710. So what we're seeing here is the Catholic Church was doing a brainwashing, I, be, I believe they were inspired by devils, fallen angels, in order to create these paintings. This brainwashing and this subtle telegraphing of what is going to happen started way back then. And they're trying to tie the UFOs in with Jesus and guaranteed when all this stuff goes down with the Antichrist making his, his arrival and most likely in conjunction with World War III and alien disclosure... When all this stuff goes down, most likely at the same time, we're going to have a figure that comes on the scene that looks just like all the pictures that the Catholics have given us, what Jesus should look like, the long-haired, hippie Jesus that we see in all the pictures. Oh yeah, we're going to have, he's going to come on the scene. They call him Sananda Emmanuel. He's one of the, quote, ascended masters. I've done all kind of teachings on this. You can look, um, just do a keyword search for either Lord Maitreya or the ascended masters. In the little key bo keyword box on my homepage, uh, it's right there on the right-hand side, and and you know you can hear full teachings on this. This is what we're being set up for. And again, like I said, for the most part, there's not a whole lot of people talking about this. So we'll talk about some more paintings in a second. Um, the statements by Funes are the latest in a string of recent comments by the Vatican astronomers confirming a belief that discovery may be in the near future of alien life, including intelligent life, and that this discovery would not unhinge the doctrine of Christ. Yeah, I agree it's not going to unhinge the doctrine of Christ for me. But that's why, you know, you have to ask yourself, where is your anchor? Where, where, where have you built your house? Have you built your house in the solid rock of Christ Jesus? 
that when the winds come and the rains fall and the waves come, it's not going to be swept away? Or is it on sand? Because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. It says it must begin. So, this deception is going to be like, I mean, it's already here to, to a certain extent, to a large extent. But the deception that's coming is going to make what's going on right now pale in comparison. In 2005, another Vatican astronomer, Guy, I got have a hard time with this guy's name, Consolamanjo, tackled this subject in a 50-page booklet entitled Intelligent Life in the Universe. This is another Vatican astronomer, in which he concluded that chances are better than not that mankind is facing a future discovery of extra intel extra terrestrial intelligence. See, the Vatican's on the inside. They know what's coming. They know fully well what's going to happen. Okay? The, the people at the head of these respective cults are all in control by the Illuminati, essentially. The 13 families that control the world. Satan controls them. And they are... These, the heads of these respective religions are just pawns. And they have been given some inside information... And to a certain extent, that's trickled down, and now they're basically starting to disseminate it a little bit at a time. So they're preparing people for what's coming. Approximately seven years, Monsignor Corrado Balducci made similar news when he said the ETs, extraterrestrials, were actually interacting with Earth, and that some of the Vatican leaders were aware of it. I'm sure they are. Before his death in 1999, Maverick Catholic theologian, Father Malachi Martin, hinted at such more than once. In a 1997 Coast to Coast AM interview, Art Bell asked him why the Vatican was heavily invested in the study of deep space at Mount Graham Observatory in southeastern Arizona. As a retired professor of the Pontifical Biblical Institute, now that's a name. The Pontifical Biblical Institute. Man. Anyway, Father Martin was uniquely qualified to hold in secret information pertaining to the Vatican's Advanced Technology Telescope, or VATT, project at Mount Graham International Observatory. Martin's answer ignited a firestorm of interest among Christian and secular UFOologists when he said, because the mentality amongst those that are at the highest levels of Vatican administration and geopolitics know that now, knowledge of what's going on in space or what's approaching us could be of great importance in the next five to ten years. See, so much of the time, one of the reasons there's such a buzz about this right now and why they're, why they're having all these people that are we, let's say totally secular. Not, they're not involved in, 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 in any kind of mainstream religion in any way, shape, or form. They're so wanting validation from organizations like the Catholic Church or other sects of other religions. They're wanting validation that, that the ET phenomenon is true, that it's valid, that it's real, and that it's coming. And now they're getting it. And they're, they're wanting this validation because, you know, they, they just... They want that confirmation because it makes them feel better about what they're trying to embrace and, and put forth. And then, it, then we go on to say those cryptic words, what's approaching us could be of great importance in the next five to ten years, was followed in subsequent interviews with a discussion of a mysterious sign in the sky that Malachi believed was approaching from the north. People familiar with Malachi believe he may have been referring to a near future arrival of alien intelligence. Now, the, the Catholics are absolutely famous, particularly more and more recently, for all these lying signs and wonders that they'll, that they'll travel halfway around the world in some pilgrimage just to see, you know, all these, these things like these Marian apparitions and the Lady of Fatima and the Lady of Medjugorje and uh, these paintings that, that, that secrete oil that smells disgusting and these apparitions that they see, and, and all this stupid stuff they go after. I've seen like the impression of, I think it was either Jesus or Mary in a grilled cheese sandwich, and it sold for, it sold for like 10, 10 grand or something on eBay or something, you know? I mean, you talk about a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. That's what Jesus said. A wicked
wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Now, I'm not saying that God couldn't show you a sign. But when your life revolves around that sign, and that sign becomes your God, what does that, what happens there? That, when, when that happens, you can just throw the Bible out the window, because the Bible is irrelevant to you anymore, if that's your primary God, is a sign. And guaranteed, if you're seeking after signs, Satan will be more than happy to accommodate you, if that means that you're deceived, deluded, and he can get you into hell forever, and then the lake of fire, because ultimately that's his goal. So take heed lest ye be deceived. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Remember, in the latter times, there will be a great falling away. People will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They'll speak lies and hypocrisy, and they'll have their conscience seared with a hot iron. Just be careful. If ET life is something the Vatican officials have privately considered for some time, why speak of it now so openly? In, wh in what some perceive as a careful doctrinal unveiling over the last 24 months, is this a deliberate effort by church officials to warm up the laity to ET disclosure? Are official church publications on the subject an attempt to soften the blow before disclosure arrives? Absolutely. That's why all this is happening. This is in order to help the faithful retain their orthodoxy in light of unprecedented forthcoming knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, the Catholics in some ways are, in some ways, I guess, looking at this, would be smarter than what the average pseudo-Christian church, let's say in America, is doing, who are just totally ignoring the subject. Just Let's just... It's not even worth mentioning in a sermon. Let's just preach love and get as much money as we possibly can into the coffers. Into our 501c3 coffer. I'm not saying everybody is like that, but I'm saying a lot of them are. They will not touch upon subjects like this because they know that it's not going to be popular. Maybe it will scare some of the um, parishioners. They're going to lose money, they, they won't be as popular, people will look at them with a raised eyebrow, all those other things. Well, the fear of man bringeth a snare. That's what the Bible says. And when you're worried about what everybody else is going to say and think about you, then you're operating under the fear of man. We need to be operating under the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, these types of things. Okay, The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. So we need to be worrying about fearing God and what he would have us do. So it goes on to say, There might be more mundane explanation for the Vatican's recent interest in all things spacey. Writing on Thursday, May 15th, for Newsweek, the Vatican and the Little Green Men, that was the name of the article, Sharon Begley noted that this might be part of a push to demonstrate the Vatican's embrace of science. Interestingly, the Vatican has plans to host a conference in Rome next spring to mark the 150th anniversary of the origin of the species. I mean, I was even surprised when I read this. So the Vatican has plans to host a conference in Rome next spring to mark the anniversary, 150th anniversary of the origin of species by Charles Darwin. It, Charles Darwin's seminal work on the theory of evolution. The ludicrous theory of evolution. Conference organizers say it will look beyond the entrenched ideological positions. In other words, they're going to look beyond the old Bible. No, no, we don't need that, even though they've got a perverted, corrupted Bible anyway. American Standard Version. But they're going to look beyond that, because evidently the Bible's passé and outdated. That's what a lot of people think. And they're going to even look at these, these beyond these entrenched ideological positions, including misconstrued creationism. Oh, I guess we just, I guess the Bible has it wrong. Creationism's just, God didn't create everything in seven days. No, uh-uh. No, evidently we've got it all wrong. 
I'm being tongue-in-cheek there, the Vatican says it wants to reconsider the problem of evolution with a broader perspective and say an appropriate consideration is needed more than ever before. Well, they're really coming on board, aren't they? Now, I don't remember in times past the Catholics being for evolution. I just don't remember that. Uh, now, they're flagrantly saying that we need to just rethink everything. And that evidently we have evolved. But see, here's what it's going to be. Yeah, maybe we can, we can tie in the whole Charles Darwin monkey thing. But how did that all get started? Well, it's through the ancient astronaut theory. This isn't the, the whole theory of intelligent design, which is what a lot of people don't understand. Intelligent design is not creationism. Intelligent design at its root is rooted in deism, and I've done a whole, done a whole study on this, is rooted in deism, and it's rooted in the fact that they believe that millions and millions of years ago, these aliens came to the earth, seeded the planet, and maybe they're going to say they seeded the planet as humans being unevolved, Cro-Magna man, or whatever they're going to do. And he evolved into this. So now they're, they're going to have their cake and eat it too. They're going to be able to say everything. Yeah, the aliens created it, us, and, and, and yeah, we did evolve, so Charles Darwin was right too. And uh, that's how everything kind of got rolling. Now, I've done a whole steri- series on it, uh, teaching on, it's called The Ancient Astronaut. If you just put an ancient in the keyword box on the uh, homepage, um, you, can, uh, you can hear that. And if you want to be, the primary way I keep in touch with people, I don't have, other than the Sermon Audio um, website, I don't have a website dedicated where I have all this stuff up there. I just don't have time for it. I'm, I'm being so inundated right now with uh, emails um, from all parts of the world that I, I really only have time to have the Sermon Audio site where I'm actually putting up the teachings and also the email list is how I really keep in touch with people. So if you want to be on that list, just email me. My website, uh, my email address is on the homepage. And uh, just email me and say you want to be on the Christian list. I have a health list and a Christian. Please indicate which one or ones you would like to be on. And I'll add you on. So if we go further, the appropriate consideration Begley mentions may have been alluded to by Guy Consolmaggio two years ago in an interview with the Sunday Herald. That article pointed out how, how his job included reconciling the wildest reaches of science fiction with the flint-eyed dogma of the Holy See. Wow, that was eloquent, just eloquent. And that his latest mental meander was about the, quote, the Jesus Seed, a brain-warping theory which speculates that perhaps every planet that harbors intelligent, self-aware life may have also had Christ walk across its methane seas. So in other words, Christ had to go to all these other galaxies and, and be crucified there too to, to uh, save all the alien brethren, space brethren. Uh, just as Jesus did here on... Yeah, okay. So then it goes on to say, the salvation of the... I don't, I don't know what this word means, but Betelgeusians may have happened simultaneously with the salvation of the earthlings. So evidently some other race had their own, maybe Jesus walking their planet at the same time, and was crucified at the same time. So in that way, they could all be redeemed too. The article said, this sounds a bit like holy panspermia to me, the idea that life on earth was seeded by something such as an asteroid impact. But in this case, the seed was divinely appointed and reconciled to Jesus and God. Well, this is no different than what happened in the Garden of Eden. When Satan came to Eve... And this caused the first sin to happen, and he questioned the word of God. He said, Yea, hath God said. He, he, he posed that question to Eve. That's what all these guys are doing. They're just questioning the word of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 13, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. Now, think about that. Proverbs, the book of wisdom, 13, 13. 13, the number of rebellion. 1313, in the book of Wisdom, says, Whoso despiseth the word, the word of God, shall be destroyed. Isn't that what they're doing? Isn't that what they're doing when they question the word of God and say, Oh, you know, we can do this and we can do that. We have license to do this. And we have license to have our perverted Bibles. 
I don't know. It's not a place that, you know, I, I think you want to put yourself. Now, I'm looking at some more images here from the Catholic Church. And these images are really amazing. This is a, a fresco located, not to be confused with a fresca, which is a soft drink. Sorry. little humor there. <laughs> uh, I love that word fresco. I don't know why. Just, I don't know. Anyway, a fresco located above the altar at Viscovi Decani Monastery in Kosovo, Yugoslavia, shows, quote, the crucifixion, a painting in 1350. Two flying objects with beans inside them are visible on the top left and the top right of the fresco. And here we have Jesus Christ in the middle, and we have these, these two, they look like spaceships. If you ever watch My Favorite Martian, it's similar to the spaceship on My Favorite Martian. Sorry, but that's true, it is. And it has two guys in like this one-person spaceship on each side of Jesus Christ being crucified. Now, this painting was made in 1350. And then we had this other one we looked at, and that was in, um, what, 1710? And isn't it weird? It always has something to do with Jesus Christ. Got the flying saucer over Jesus Christ and John the Baptist. This one, we have, we have uh, two flying saucers on either side of Jesus when he's being crucified. <sighs> Isn't it weird how they try to tie this into Jesus? Now, we know the Catholics are presenting a false Jesus. Okay? And that's what they've been building us for all the way back, you know, for, I mean, even predating these paintings, but these paintings are pretty um, telling here. Here's another one. 15th century, an unknown artist at Lippi School painted, quote, the Madonna with St. Giovannino. Whatever that is. Uh, and it has this little, this lady, the Mary, Mother Mary, with Jesus, and this little other, Jesus is a baby. They'd love to depict him as a, as a little babe, helpless baby. Because that makes him feel more powerful, I think. And then they have this other little cherub uh, angel behind him, holding Jesus up with a little halo, the Egyptian sun disk. And they've got him holding up, and, and Mother Mary looks like she's praying toward Jesus. So this is, um, and in the sky, in the background of this picture, is a disc-shaped object above Mary's right shoulder. A man and his dog stand looking up at the object in the background. And it always has to do with Jesus. Huh. I wonder what they're trying to telegraph to us. Isn't that weird? All these paintings, and the, you know, it just seems like they always have the same... I don't know. It's, they're trying to telegraph us something there. So following the uh, following interview with uh, Jose Funes, after this, was, after this happened, this was after this disclosure, Muslim and Jewish leaders joined to say their religion could accommodate an ET reality while a scholar for the Russian Orthodoxy excluded the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligence. So, after this happened, now we have other religions saying, hey, now the big Catholics said it, now we can come out and say it too. You know, hey, let's, hey, you know, now they feel more comfortable about doing this now. Because we've got the big guy coming out saying it, well, why, you know, we're going to come out. So the Muslims are even saying this. And the Jewish leaders are saying this. The only one that didn't come on board is the Russian Orthodoxy. You know what? When this stuff starts going down, and, and, and we really start getting lying signs and wonders, they're all going to come on board real quick. They're all going to come on board. It's going to be like mass peer pressure. And because these things are going to seem more real in the physical, They're going to. They're not going to try to dispute it or refute it because it's it's going to be real. It's going to be things that appear to be flesh and blood happening. So I'm just telling you, this is what's coming. The question of how the world's political and religious communities would respond if suddenly faced with visitors from beyond is something world religions and even the U.S. government has studied. Paul. Davies of the Atlantic Monthly wrote in 2003 that the discovery of even a single bacterium somewhere beyond Earth could force mankind to revise its understanding of who we are and where we fit into the cosmic scheme of things. Oh, is that so? Well, please speak for yourself because you're not speaking for me. If they discovered a single bacterium on another planet, give me a break. I mean, 
But that's what he's saying would have to happen. No, it doesn't. Why? Because you said so? Mr. Expert? Davies speculated that such a fine could throw the human race into a spiritual identity crisis that could leave some gasping for faith in God. You know what? If that is all the faith that you have in the Word of God and Jesus Christ, then you're going to fall away. You've already fallen away. You've already done that. And the separation is coming. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and it's coming, and it's happening. In contrast, Alexander UFO Religious Crisis Survey of ministers indicated that a majority of people, both religious and non-religious, not only believe, but could accept an, an ET reality without throwing God out with the bathwater. Well, yeah, but let's clarify that. They're going to accept it, but they're going to accept much more what the ETs are saying, more than their Bible. Because you're not going to be able to reconcile both of them. You can reconcile this biblically. And again, that's a big thrust of this whole ministry, is to show you biblically what's coming, what's going to happen, most likely. I mean, obviously I don't have a crystal ball, and I can't be 100% dogmatic about every statement that I'm making. But I'm talking about confirmation after confirmation over years of study of this, this seems to be the most plausible thing, the way it's going to go down. And, and again, that's over a series of many teachings that I've done. But these people are going to believe what's told to them by these entities and by their respective religions. It's not just going to be little green men showing up and giving us their dogma. It's going to be mankind and his major religious, all the major religions, getting on the same plane and agreeing with these ascended masters, with, with whatever you want to call them, the little green men or whatever, the Nephilim hybrids. That's what it's going to be. We're going to have agreement here. And again, it's going to be like massive cosmic peer pressure to come on board. And this is part of the strong delusion that's going to be, you know, very few people are going to be able to escape. Davis hopes this is true. As a cosmologist, he sees order in the universe, including an anthrop anthropic balance that makes life possible elsewhere. This has led to a deep personal interest in the subject of God and E.T., in which his response to either an E.T. discovery or visitation would be compatible with his religious ideas. Well, it probably would be with his. It's not going to be with... I mean, it is with mine, but because we've looked at it in a biblical way. Okay? But they're not talking about looking at this in a biblical way and being compatible. Okay? So, that, let's just please clarify that. He says the discovery of extraterrestrial life might actually substantiate biblical creation. Now, how could that possibly be? Other than if the, other than if the supposed, quote, aliens of these Nephilim hybrid actually came and were honest, and they're not going to be honest, they are of their father the devil, and of his works they will do, and he's the father of lies... You think that you're going to get honesty from them? They never point people to Jesus Christ in their channeled messages or in their abduction cases. And there's been millions of these. Okay, It's impossible to deny it's never happened. If you do, you really have your head in the sand. And we're going to look at some, some statistics later uh, of a poll that was taken on how many people have actually had encounters and visitations and things of this nature. There's just no possible way that... This is just all a lie, okay? As far as it, it, lies are being perpetrated and lies are being set forth, but these things are happening, and it's very well known that they are. But he's saying that this extra biblical, extraterrestrial life might actually substantiate biblical creation. Well, that's a lie for the pit of hell. As far as what message they're going to bring, they're not going to try to substantiate biblical creation. And then he says. Um, it, he says it could actually substantiate biblical creation if mankind is ready for it. It's going to be a real warped view of creation. In a related CCN article, Syed Seed, what a name, Syed Seed, of the Islamic Society of North America said, quote, most Muslims would also welcome the discovery of life off earth. The Quran refers to Allah as the God of the worlds. Oh, the moon God. I thought he was just the God of the moon. 
No, he's the god of the worlds. Well, he must be one to try to give himself a self-promotion, evidently. I think he better, you know, take a back seat. But he says he's the god of the worlds. He said, and not just of one world. Well, you know, Allah is not the god of this world, ultimately. I mean, the Bible talks about Satan being, you know, the god of this world, and these types of things. Allah is just a fallen angel, a very powerful one, with, with many, many other, most likely, fallen angels and demons and these types of things to do his bidding. But, um, evidently, the Muslims aren't going to have a problem with any of this. Well, if you do the studies, you can actually find out there's a high likelihood that the Islamic religion came from the Catholic religion. There's a lot of um, history to back that up. And there's a lot of things going on right now where the Marian apparitions are actually appearing to the Muslims. And these lying signs and wonders are all part of the thing to get everybody on the same page in regard to moving into a one-world religion. Rabbi James Rudin of the American Jewish Committee says that most Jews also leave open the possibility of life on other planets in their interpretation of Genesis. I'm, going to, I'm looking at a couple more pictures here from Catholic art. In the 1400s, Carlo Crivelli painted the Annunciation. This artwork is currently on display at the National Gallery in London. It clearly shows a disc-shaped object in the sky between the buildings emitting a beam of light onto Mary's crown. And again, it always has something to do with either Mary, Jesus, has some, you know, always trying to tie that in. Here's another one, 1490. This drawing is called The Assumption of the Virgin by Anon. Note the fleet of flying images in every direction. There's there's fleet of flying images in every direction. You've got, you know, the Assumption of the Virgin Mary with these little winged female angels and cherubim angels all around her. It's pretty demonic. So in other words, I guess they're saying, you know, the Assumption of Mary, like she, like Jesus Christ was resurrected. They believe she was in the same way. Because that's the, when I look at this picture, that's what you would you would think. Because she's up in the air with all these angels around her, ushering her into heaven. And there's a fleet of UFOs in the background. This is from 1490. Satan's very good at what he does. And he wants to operate in secret. So, he's been telegraphing this punch for a long time. But it's taken them this many hundreds of years to actually come out and say they might be our space brethren. You know, to get this aggressive. But see, this is the end times that we're living in. Um, and Thomas Horn goes on to say, but what if the ETs are already here and he's the devil? Unidentified flying objects are historically connected to the idea of extraterrestrial life. In some cases, behavior of these strange sightings have left witnesses feeling as, that, as if they have been observed something alive, not mechanical. Hal Lindsey, popular Christian writer, writer, says, I have become thoroughly convinced the UFOs are real. I believe these beings are not only extraterrestrial, but supernatural in origin. I, to be blunt, I, I think they are demons. In angels... In Angels Dark and Light, Gary Kinneman accepts UFO sightings as manifestations of angels of darkness. My main reason for thinking this is that UFO sightings have never, at least to my knowledge, led a person closer to God. In fact, most UFO experiences have just the opposite effect. Every time. Every time. Now again, please reference some of my teachings if you want some specific examples of this. That ancient astronaut one I, I did, that one gets into that. Um... Several of them have. Associate Professor of Psychology Elizabeth L. Hillstrom points out in her book, Testing the Spirits, that a growing number of scholars support similar conclusions of UFO knots being synonyms with historical demons. I don't think they're demons, personally. I don't think they're... I think that a demon can appear as one, but the flesh, and, and I'm not going to say blood, but flesh and whatever they are, I believe they're Nephilim. Okay, just like the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Okay, these things have bodies, and I understand sometimes they can, they can materialize and dematerialize, but many of these things actually have physical bodies, and I guarantee you, the Nephilim in Noah's day did too. And that doesn't necessarily mean, it means they are demonically infested, sure, but it doesn't mean that they're specifically a demon, 
which whereas a demon would be a spiritual figure that did not have a body. Okay. Now, granted, it's hard to be totally dogmatic about every single little detail here, obviously. But just to say they're demons, I just don't think that's near specific enough. You have demons, you have Nephilim, you have fallen angels. Okay, I believe there are three totally separate classes, and if you want to know more about this, reference my, my teaching on the, uh, on the indigo children. But I did a whole thing on this, and we talked a little bit about the book of Enoch. I didn't say it was, it was, you know, canon of scripture, but I used it as a commentary, and I guarantee you the commentary sheds a lot of light on what the Bible does say. Okay. So, if we go further, from a, um, this is from Elizabeth Hillstrom, and in her book, Testing the Spirits, and she says, from a Christian perspective, Valet, Jacques Valet's explanation of UFOs, is the most striking because it parallels with demonic activity. UFO investigators have noticed these similarities. Valet himself, drawing from extra-biblical literature on demonic activities, establishes a number of parallels between UFO knots and demons. Pere Gurin, of UFO a UFO researcher and scientist associated with the National... French National Council for Scientific Research is not so cautious. He says, quote, the modern UFO knots and the demons of past days are probably identical. Veteran researcher John Keel, who wrote UFOs, Operation Trojan Horse, and other books on the subject, comes to the same conclusion. He says, quote, the UFO manifestations seem to be by and by and large merely minor variations of the age-old demonical phenomenon. And yes, they are demonic. Okay, but just to say every single time they're just demons, I think we need to be a little more specific than that. Other theologians caution against connecting UFOs with demonology. They say if UFOs represent anything supernatural at all, the unidentified objects could be manifestations of good angels. Oh, is that so? If, if they were manifestations of good angels, why is it, as this one guy said, to my knowledge, I've never seen one of these uh, UFO sightings or these, uh, or these uh, extraterrestrial encounters ever lead a person closer to God, lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ, point someone to... Never. It does not happen. They have the exact opposite effect. Every time. So don't buy that. There's a big, there's a big thing out there in the UFO community, and they believe that there's good ones and there's bad ones, and mostly the bad ones are the Greys and the reptilians, as they refer to them as, and the good ones most of the time are the Nordics. Okay, now again, it's all lies. Okay, Satan's good at what he does, and the Nordics are the ones that appear as these blonde-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed perfect beings in every way, shape, and form, and they come and they act like they're our buddies. And they're acting as though they're actually fighting against the bad ones. So it's good cop, bad cop. They're all evil. It's one big, gigantic deception. And the Ascended Masters are actually part of the good angels. Okay? That are, or, or whatever, that are here to help us. And there's this big, you know... Um, war taking place right now between the two factions and other warring factions and uh, but the good angels are, are these good devils are on our side trying to help us out while phenomena such as the so called alien abduction is more in line with manifestations of demons yeah I'd say so in other words good watchers observe the earth from UFOs using what one evangelical theologian recently referred to as celestial conveyances while the fallen watchers, such as those spoken of in the apocryphal book of Enoch, just do evil. And if you start buying into this, again, uh, you are setting yourself up for a major fall with the delusion that's coming. Whatever intelligence is behind much of the mysterious heavenly activity, one thing is for sure, a long history of UFO sightings in connection to a monumentous or major religious historical event exists as illustrated in the images included in this article, and we, we went over a lot of those images. Regardless of the position one takes on the UFOs specifically, the possibility of an open contact with intelligent extraterrestrial life has never been better, according to those who study deep space for the Vatican. And again, this is what they're, they're trying to uh, telegraph to us. In the last picture, in a cathedral in 
the Republic of Georgia, this 17th century fresco shows a two, two disc-shaped objects with flames shooting out from the bottom of them on either side of Christ being crucified. When, the, when these UFOs are enlarged, faces can be seen inside them. This has been going on for a long time. Now I'm going to go ahead and end part one there, and we'll go to part two here, coming up.